The Lower Herbert Water Quality Program aims to improve the quality of water flowing from the Herbert River catchment to the Great Barrier Reef Lagoon, while improving productivity and profitability of the Herbert sugar industry at the same time. A total of $16.2 million has been allocated to the program under the Reef Trust Partnership, a partnership between the Australian Government and the Great Barrier Reef Foundation. Approximately $13.5 million is currently allocated to six on-ground projects, which are being delivered by various delivery partners in the Herbert River catchment. I'm Jason Wolf-Graham, and in this Lower Herbert Water Quality Program podcast series, I meet with delivery providers to gain a better understanding of their projects, and with farmers to find out how they can benefit from being involved in the Lower Herbert Water Quality Program. Project Kane by HCPSL empowers farmers to improve farming practices that increase productivity and profitability while reducing dissolved inorganic nitrogen and other pollutants from entering local waterways that feed into the Great Barrier Reef. Ed Morris is a farmer in the Lower Herbert and I start by asking him about his involvement in Project Kane. I first became uh, interested in it having discussions with Adam Royal from the HCPSL and uh, he gave me the opportunity uh, to join Project Kane and perhaps to, um, how would you say, fine-tune our, our farming practices. When you say fine-tune, um, what do you mean in, in your instance for your farming? Well, for us it, it meant about uh, putting the right amount of fertiliser in, in the right places at the right time. Uh, we don't want to waste fertiliser, we don't want to waste money putting fertiliser where we don't need it, and we only want to put the right amount and so how did you do that? Is there a plan or steps to take? The steps to take, well, is a six, called the six easy steps. And I won't go through the whole six because I don't probably remember them all. But the first step, I suppose, is to do soil test regularly. So at the plough-out stage or just before plough-out or just after we've ploughed the ground, before we work the ground, we do a, a grid pattern soil sampling and we get that soil sent away uh, through the labs, through the HCPSL or the private fertiliser companies. And when we get the results, we can either use uh, soil amaranth like lime or we know what fertilisers to use the following year. With the soil testing itself, how often are you having to test? Oh, we would test just once every crop cycle unless uh, we, we know that there's a problem in the soil, say like sodic and we may apply the line, then 12 months' time or 24 months' time, we may retest that soil to see if the what we've added, whether it's gypsum or lime, has corrected the imbalance. Using the six easy steps and the nutrient management plan, how does that improve your farming practice? I think the main, main improvement has been that um, we only use the fertiliser that the plant requires, and uh, by using uh, the soil amaranths like uh, lime and that, it corrects the pH or at least betters the pH in the soil and we don't, uh, the soil fertiliser that we put in doesn't get wasted. When we talk about outcomes and um, water quality, how important is it to you in your farming practices, water quality? Well, it's, it's important to us. You know, I'm a fourth generation farmer on this farm. The farm is part of our blood, so we're only uh, borrowing it to tell you the truth. We're only using it for a short time. Whether I have another generation uh, following me is another, is another problem I've got, but um, we care about the environment that we live in. I, I do reef fishing and we care about the creeks and the rivers and we do some, we do some, see some uh, degradation, but overall I think we're improving by our you know, trash management, trash incorporation and um, 
not working the ground too much. We use zonal tillage so that we only work where we have to work. We try and uh, lessen our footprint. Just back on the six easy steps, is it as easy as you would think? Would uh, all farmers be able to adapt to it? It is fairly easy, and I think all, all farmers uh, could adapt to it. I was a bit worried about it at first because I thought I'd get different recommendations for every paddock that I, that I farm in. But uh, with the help of this uh, cane project and sitting down with uh, Adam Royal from the HCPSL and Bailey, I've been able to um, come up with prescriptions which are quite easy for us to manage, whether it's on this farm or my, my brother's farm or a farm that we lease together. Uh, let's talk about technology and applications. So you can talk to us about GPS. We were the first uh, contractors in Ingham and farmers to use GPS for planting. And that's uh, allowed the industry to form, um, to use controlled traffic. And controlled traffic is probably one of the, the uh, best things that we've able to achieve with technology because our, our harvesters and our... Um, uh, fertilising machinery and all, all sorts of machine operations that we do is uh, can run on what we call the railway tracks, in other words, control traffic. Uh, we've been using technology now, that sort of technology, for nearly 30 years. And so there's there's no limitations? It's obviously oh, it, a good it's thing? Im- yeah, it's improving all the time, the, the GPS part of it. And, of course, um, with that GPS uh, technology comes the ability to use... Um, the uh, control rate fertiliser application. You need GPS to to use control rate fertiliser applicators and uh, although we're not down that track quite yet, we can see the benefit uh, of it and GPS is is a necessary part of that that technology. Now you're also doing a neutralisation stabiliser trial. Can you tell us a bit about that? We have used this uh, Entrench, it's uh, a brand name uh, in the past, but for one reason it, it was withdrawn from the market and there's a brand new product comes out which is mixed in a water tank and applied through the ground through little little hoses and uh, mixes with the fertiliser. Adam from the HCPSL uh, approached us whether we were interested in doing a, a trial. We did a trial just down the road there um, last year where we did uh, about uh, six acres, I'd like to say, six acres, and uh, we had control in two different varieties where we did uh, roughly half of with the stabiliser and half without, replicated twice. And this year we've halved that trial and uh, the data is yet to be analysed uh, properly, but uh, the whole benefit is uh, the si- nitrogen stabiliser will stabilise the nitrogen part of the um, product, of the fer- uh, artificial fertiliser we use, and hopefully less uh, nitrogen will be uh, wasted to the atmosphere or under the ground, and in the long term we may be able to put less nitrogen uh, fertiliser on the ground to grow the same crop. HCPSL Extension agronomist Bailey Kilpatrick works closely with Ed and explains how Project Kane can help with his on-farm management. Project Kane took off a couple of years ago um, here in the Herbert region with the main focus being around water quality and really working with farmers to focus on their individual block and farm management to optimise their fertiliser inputs. Another part of Project Kane is the nutrient management plan. 
What's that involve? All right, so the big focus for the nutrient management plans is to work with the individual grower um, at a face-to-face level. Each grower on the project has an advisor um, and we'll work with them to choose spots in their farms that may be constraints to their productivity and soil test in those spots and then um, yeah, apply the six easy steps to develop the nutrient management plan um, for the grower. And how does the grower find the process with the planning, the six easy steps? I would hope quite streamlined. Um, we've had really good feedback throughout the project um, from growers that have found it really a lot easier than they anticipated. Um, and Ed mentioned earlier that he was somewhat, yeah, confronted, I suppose, when the six easy steps first came out and wasn't sure how it would work out. And um, with Adam's help, it's been quite streamlined for him. The trial happening here on this farm, the nitrogen stabiliser, can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. So with Project Kane, um, it, it's also given us the opportunity to run some trials that may not have been able to happen. So this one's a nitrogen stabiliser trial. We did it over six, um, about six hectares. So there's two varieties that we've looked at. Uh, one variety's Q200, the other's 253. Um, both replicates so treated non-treated um input rates fertilizer rates are in line with the nutrient management plan and sort of don't change for each so with this trial here what's the long-term outcome the long-term outcome is for the rotation of sugarcane say for a five-year return um by the end of it the nitrogen inputs theoretically will be lower than what would be otherwise um, without a nitrogen stabiliser crop due to the um, change of state for the, for the fertiliser. So how does the nitrogen stabiliser work? So the nitrogen stabiliser is applied at plant and um, through the... So with a planting system, most growers will have Confidant tank on their planter. It's put into the Confidant tank and then applied um, when you're planting and then fertilising. It changes the state of the fertiliser and holds it in an ammonium nitrogen form, which is more stable in the soil, um, so less leaching, less risk of leaching and um, denitrification. So it's, it's readily available for longer for the plant. You can watch the whole interview with Ed Morris and Bailey Kilpatrick by going to herbertrivercanegrowers.com.au and clicking on the Lower Herbert Water Quality Program tab on the menu bar. Listen to more podcasts like this one at herbertrivercanegrowers.com.au and learn about other topics of interest to Herbert Growers.